When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, bye talkers. Happy Tuesday. We are hanging out with Lori and Julia, and boy, do we have a packed show today. What's in store for us to start this one off, guys? Well, we're going to give away tickets to Miss Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting very good reviews, her concert. Is it, Lori? Well, she and Taylor are the two big music people touring right, right now. Right now? Okay. Yeah. Before the Beyonce Renaissance yes. tour starts. And then the pink and the other one. Yeah. Taylor yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to have, you know, that old tricky fill in the lyric, listen to win, don't call now, but it is going to happen. That's and right. people realize it is not easy. <laughs> it is not easy. Tough. It's like um, sliding glass doors in my mind. Bam. And I'll, you know, if unless it's like something I know. And I could sing like American Pie. It feels like the songs I learned when I was like in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. The seventies, mid seventies. Yeah, sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, man, I really did do a lot of fake singing in the eighties. <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> you know. Thought I knew Who the lyrics, but the I words? never really did know the lyrics. Like, okay, here's a thing from Vegas. So, my friend whose birthday it was, she says to me. And the other girls, ah, did you guys know that Love Shack, it's tin, tin roof, roof rusted? And my friend Cheryl goes, yeah. And I said, yeah. And the other girl goes, I don't even know the B-52s that well. And I know that. And my friend was just flabbergasted okay, that you- she'd gone all this time and she didn't know the word that it was tin roof Rusted. We just talked about this on Friday. And part of yeah. us, I kind of thought it was tin, roof, wasted. And I have no idea. Rusted. It's rusted. It's we so know. clearly yes. rusted, yeah. But I mean, for a while there, when that song was hot, it was hard to hear the ending. It really wasn't. For you. Yeah, it really wasn't. It really <laughs> was we played that album maybe nonstop. Nonstop. And, but yeah, tin, roof, it's such a long pause. And I know she was really disappointed that she wasn't giving us Breaking news. Yeah. And then my other friend said, <laughs> you do realize what our age is, right? We're kind of of an age where we should know the words, that it's rusted. Rusted. That <laughs> we should know the words. Did you, was that a sellout, the B-52s in Vegas? It was, it was sold out. I mean, you know, it was at the Venetian, but it wasn't in the big, there's two theaters at okay. the Venetian because I saw the Judd's. Yes, and Diana did. Ross at the yes, Venetian, and it was in the big showroom theater. This was a smaller theater, okay. and I don't know. I mean, it would be like the Pantages. Oh, That's okay. That's what it looked like. Okay. 
It Got was it. like that size. And did you have great seats? There's no bad seat in that place. That's what you. That's what everyone says. Kind of. And then, because I was like, why does this showroom look so different than the Diana Ross and uh, Winona, uh, or the Judds? And boy, did my friends give me grief about that one. I said, I went with my mom. I went, There's no shame I'm so in that game. I'm so glad I went to that concert. No they kidding. did six total shows, I think, in Vegas. No kidding. That I You loved the Judds, though. You we, knew their music. I saw them at Valley Fair That's with my said. little brother. That's what you said. In like, That's awesome. In, in like 19, <laughs> I want to say, 80... One or two or I don't know. I think it, I don't know. 83. It might've been 83, but they played at the yes. free stage at yes. Valley Fair. Is that that I, I could, kind of in the center of the park there? Kind of. I think I know what you're I talking about. I feel like Menudo played there. Yes. <laughs> and Jets. And my brother was in town yeah. and you know, he's 11 years younger than me. So I was like trying to think of something to do. And, and, and at that point in, um, you know, my, you know, I think it was like 20, or 21, something like that. I still could go on rides. Right. You know. I you weren't like, afraid yet. I wasn't afraid of- yet. I wasn't nauseous yet. I wasn't dizzy. But, you know. so and then, and then we were like walking by and we see this, <laughs> these two redheads in these like kind of matching outfits. And we listened to them. And it was whenever that first album of theirs, right before it came out, that... Mm-hmm. That thing. So my brother and I still laugh about that, but he goes, I, that, that was not my first concert. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. Okay. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just make sure. Yeah. Because I didn't want to go to it. You took me. Right. It's like your one son going to the American Idol. Soul Patrol. Soul Patrol. Yes. I don't think. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't even know uh, Taylor Hicks. I don't even know. Well, we didn't even stay because it got to be too late for him to come on stage. Yeah. We didn't even stay long enough. And I have not talked to the son about it because the other ones was um, the ones with Fergie. Um, oh, Black Eyed Peas? Black Eyed Peas. When we had the farthest seat and the highest seat. <laughs> was that the Pussycat the Dolls, the Black Eyed Peas, and Christina Aguilera? Was that that concert? No, no. it was just Black Eyed Peas, okay. and they were at Excel. But mm-hmm. literally, I got the seats were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we couldn't even see because we had to look through the rafters. Yeah. Right. It was really funny. And, um, you know, yeah. I work at a big radio station. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got really good seats. That was a funny one. But I'm going to have to visit those. Remind us of your one, your first concert again. Mine was um, Ted Nugent, no, Deep Purple, right. and uh, um, Leonard Skinner. It was like a combo platter. That's a good one. And that's then a, good a few one. days, a, guy. a few days later, it was uh, right after that. Aerosmith had played too, within wow. like the two weeks of that. So I saw it. that was kind of like my first. Was Real. that like at Canterbury or something? No, or? it was at Tar- both of them were at Target Center. Mm-hmm. And I remember hanging out with some old people in the upper decks, hanging out, having some fun, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I do. Yeah. I, do know. I still I love that song. I was so glad I think it was in um I wanna say it was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or had a resurgence. Um Hush. Oh. By Deep Purple. Yes. I think that that was in that I can't soundtrack. Even think of how that mm-hmm. goes. All Grand Confide. Yeah. That is an epic song. And Quentin Tarantino does such a great job of picking, mm. you know, music with the era of what the movie's in. It's like the Daisy Jones and the Six. Yes. That soundtrack was oh, incredible. Love that. I, did people watch that show? They did, I you think. think so? Remember, the finale aired like in the middle yeah. of March. So. Oh, it was so good. And people binged that show. 
Oh, so good. You know what starts today is the 2023 Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, uh-huh. But how do we watch it? Well, here's how you watch it. You can uh, watch live on Peacock. Um, and you can, Johnny Weir, which would be fun, is going to host a special watch it live kind of thing. So it starts tonight. Um, it's it's on, actually, it starts this afternoon at 3 right now. Yeah, I only want to watch the very last, like the last two bands. Right. That's all. Yeah. So you that's know. on Saturday at 3 in the afternoon. Thank you. That's when you can catch it, Eurovision. But I, I love a Johnny Weir moment. He's always so good. Mm-hmm. Grant, right. do you have it? Oh, yeah. Gosh, no, no, no. Oh, I like, never knew. It is a great song. Yeah, Deep Purple. They have some tracks. Yeah, they really do, don't they? Yep. All right. Mm. Okay, listen, we've got uh, we've got a book club today. We've got Kate White joining us at the bottom of the hour. Oh. We've talked to her before. Thriller, thriller, thriller. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. a, a good mystery thriller. And when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. But um, Furniture Manor is where we are telling absolutely everybody you should go to find all your sh- furniture or furniture. Furniture, um, Julia. Listen, it's their their showroom is just so lovely, and the pricing is phenomenal. And you can custom order things. Also, if they have something in the showroom for that you love, you can take it with you, or they'll send it to you uh, the next day. One of the things that is really um, I think important when you buy furniture because my gosh, it's you know you're spending some money. You want to make sure you're getting something perfect for right what you're size. looking for. That right. was always my thing. I was always buying things too big or too, too small. small for your space, and yes. they really can help you with all of that. And you know you don't want to make that mistake. They will make sure that you're doing it perfect. They can do home visits. Furniture Manor has a great staff with the design background and everybody. And it's just such a wonderful place to shop. You're going to love it. Two miles north of 694 on County Road 81 in Osseo. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, we got some news here from, you know, our the, the amazing uh, Sex and the City designer, Patricia Field, is 82 years young. And Happy she, birthday, Rad. She showed up on uh, a red carpet yesterday in New York, but she was talking about how you know, she worked on Emily in Paris. Yes. But she considers herself a co-collaborator, that they have a costume designer, and then she consults with them. And that's okay. really how she worked on Emily in Paris. And, of course, she did all the clothes for Sex and the City, the TV series, and both movies. And she's reuniting with um, Kim Cattrall. Although when this is coming out, I don't know. This is the Netflix series called Glamorous. Where she, Kim Cattrall, plays a famous model turned makeup mogul, and this young guy works for her. It's got all kinds of people from different shows, Fire Island, and anyway. But Kim Cattrall wanted, you know, Patricia Fields to consult with on it, and yes, she is uh, going to be doing that. There's a costume designer for this show called Glamorous, which they've wrote about last. I want to say last June. Yeah, after, yeah. It It was was going to be a pilot at the CW, and it sort of got kicked around. And, I mean, to me, Samantha was the most glamorous of the ladies. And, um, yeah, it's Marco Mayo, played by this actor-singer, YouTuber, Miss Benny, a gender nonconforming queer person who goes to work for Cottrell's cosmetics Mm -hmm. business, and she's the mogul. And it's his first chance to figure out what he wants out of life, what everything means. And it's a 10-episode thing. And it 
shot last July. Yeah, I wonder when it, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. It looks good. It does look like it could be good. And, of course, I'll be hate watching and just like that whenever that comes back (laughs) at the end of June because Mm -hmm. that show was so bad. Out of 10 episodes, I would say nine disappointed me. Well, here's what I'm just saying. So there's another, there is another um, trailer out for Sex and the City 2. And and just like that, it's called. Don't call it. That's the movie. All right. HBO um, has dropped a juicy trailer, shows this, the show's sophomore outing, which includes talk of MILFs, Miranda taking her relationship with Che what? to the next level, and of course, Carrie re- reuniting with the man she left years ago. MILFs. Um, so basically, I think we're going to see uh, John Corbett. We already this know is that. the same trailer we saw oh, two weeks is? ago. Yeah, this is not a new trailer. This is the trailer. You were in Chicago. You were out of town, but this trailer. It just p- appeared today on TV line. Yeah, so no, they no. Just said, it, it's been out. Mm-hmm. And because and, we don't, the, the telling thing about the trailer is that HBO released it with no date. So it means you're still editing. When is it going to come When out? And we saw Che and we groaned. They saved that till the end. And then it ended with her saying something. And just like that, you never know when you turn around who you run into. And there's Aiden at the bottom of her stairs. June 20. It's going to be in June. Ugh. But they don't have a date. Yep. No date. June's you know. a busy month. Anyway. <laughs> June's a busy month. Uh, I was watching. Okay. I mean, I love Queen Charlotte, which is the Bridgerton um show right now and it is about how the queen became the queen, queen and Charlotte her story the queen. it is so good is this part of the bridgerton empire from shonda rhimes it's shonda rhimes and julia quinn they wanted to julia quinn they kind so of it is created, part of the thing but it's they're gonna have they're gonna have bridgerton seasons one two and they did film season three simultaneously while they t- filmed queen charlotte okay but so it both is in the bed. same universe it is the same universe. Yeah. yeah 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 julia quinn and shonda rhimes were on cbs this morning talking about it and shonda rhimes never has an outline or anything she just sits down and writes and it changes and julia quinn they kind of created this pre-story on Queen Charlotte for... Yeah, where, where, what was her... What led up to her becoming oh, Queen Charlotte? Oh, my gosh. My mom said it's delicious. It's kicking butt on Netflix. It's um, the third uh, largest debut on Netflix this year, and it there's only six episodes Ooh. instead of eight. I know it. So I I actually went back and rewatched it so I could catch everything because it's so clever, but it's um, Queen Charlotte and King George. And King George suffers from mental illness, and you see that in this. I mean, it's kind of right away. Is that her husband, her That's dad? Her, her, her king, dad. the guy she marries. Oh. Her husband. So it's uh, it's completely different, and it talks. You just see all the backstory. It's just brilliantly done, and the costuming is did fabulous. They, uh, did... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Gail King asked Shonda about the writer's strike. Did she I didn't say anything? listen to the whole thing. Oh. Right. I was doing five other things at the time. Okay. I, I, well, I'm sure she's supportive of it because oh, of Shonda course. is writer, but I mm-hmm. would have been curious... What she said, because, you know, she is a writer and a showrunner. She is. Yeah. She is both. No, but it, it's really good, people. If you haven't caught it, you never watched season two, which I thought worked at the end. But this is much more steamier. If you want to know how the sex scenes are done with the intimacy coach, they use a bouncing ball. Uh, that was kind of in BuzzFeed today, all the different things behind the scenes. Yeah, I don't want to know that. Ball. I don't kind of funny. That. I don't want to know that. Yeah. I just want to see the... Bouncy ball. The, well, you didn't even watch the last one. You'll watch this one. This one's I'll way watch this one. I'm, I didn't want to watch Bridgerton the second season because I didn't like the Lord that it was about. And Daphne wasn't in it and the Duke of Hastings. And I just thought, why get all... Why invest that there's so, uh, other things to watch? I'll catch it when... Whatever yeah. the next thing Shonda does in the Bridgerton universe. And um, yeah. talk about the wigs. The wigs that Queen Charlotte wears take about a week and a half to make. She has to drive in a special van. Because they're from, so high. If, right. Apart from all <laughs> of the cast members when they go to location. It's like those sprinter vans that they use for people like at the Met Gala or, yeah. wow. or the Oscars where they have the, they can stand. They have to yeah. stand up because and there's a pole because they can't get wrinkled. Or, or they, wear a seatbelt Yeah. Yeah. It's huh. wild. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, the Little Mermaid had its world premiere in L.A. last night. This is the live action one with uh, Halle Bailey is in it. And uh, her sister, Chloe, was like a red carpet correspondent for somebody. But, of course, Melissa McCarthy is Ursula. Javier hey, Bardem. Yes, Aquafina. Jacob, Jacob Tremblay, who's all grown up. And we met him on the red carpet for Room. And he plays... He voices Flounder, I think, is the character he plays. But uh, anyway, and David Diggs was there. He's uh, Sebastian. Anyway, it it just really, Hallie Bailey, who plays Ariel, had the most amazing dress on. I saw it. I think that what's going to happen is this is, she looks like the inside of a pearl. Yeah, and it's a mermaid yes, kind of a thing. Cute. I I'm guess her voice is amazing. I listened to Jason's TV show for a little bit. There's a media blackout on it until it opens. But um, May 26th. Yeah, he he said if you get out there on Twitter or some other social stuff, you'll see what people are saying. I saw it right in the Hollywood Reporter. You did, okay. It's it's Grant. You got a question? Well, I just uh, the the dress that she's wearing. I think it pays homage to the original film. If you know, like Ariel, when oh, she so is she a mermaid, opens, she's got, got shells sh- as her bikini yes. top, and so the Could dress I? that she's wearing now is kind of like having those two shells cover her breasts, and it's a very it pays back to the to the original movie. It really does, Grant. Good observations. There's four new songs. Lynn Miranda. Um, Lin Manuel was part of writing the new songs. Oh man! It sounds like it's great. Like Melissa McCarthy and Haley, 
It's, so it's live action. It's, yes. So it's not a pure cartoon like what we think of The Little Mermaid, the first one. It's, it's what they did with The Lion King, essentially. Yes, you know, and, and Lion King, the second think, one, is oh. the second, the, the remake of the new Lion King is, yeah. it, it's live. At, you, it looks yeah. like you're watching lions talking to each yeah, other, you right. know, so... Yeah, this one's or full like on. Or like when they remade the Jungle Book. Exactly. That was a live action. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no I cartoons. Get, I always get confused. Yeah, it's no cartoons. Is no it biopic? Cartoon. Is it biopic? Is it live action? <laughs> Is it a cartoon? Posthumous or posthumous? Posthumous. Posthumous. See? Or that, the third that choice. Third one. Hey, gang. It's Lori and Julia here for Learning Our Accent. You know, we had Baird and Richen a few weeks back talking about why they even started Learning Rex in our community so many years ago. And basically, it was because both of their daughters were having a hard time learning, organizing, and learning how to read. And, like, one had been diagnosed, like, dyslexia. Yes. And another one with another... ADHD. And not wanting, like, okay, let's... We don't really feel good about trying tutoring because we've already done that, or medication. What else is out there? And they... Man, they really put the program to work for their own family. They did and brought it to the Twin Cities, and now there's seven locations, including Hudson. Learning RX works. It's one on brain training, one on one brain training. It's based on a scientifically proven program to teach people to learn how to read, amongst other things, memory and all the cognitive features. Sign up today for your one hour assessment. We have another great addition to the Lori and Julia Book Club. We have New York Times bestselling author. Kate White with us. She writes uh, really great books of mystery and suspense. And Kate, thank you for being with us today. Oh, I am so thrilled to be back with you, fabulous ladies. We were trying to figure out which books we had you on for. The Secrets You Keep, I think, in 2017. Wow. Um, I I thought maybe the second husband. I think that was. They start to blur together after number 17. No, you're busy. <laughs> I know it, but yes, you're right. I think maybe second husband. this is, we've had you on more than, uh, more than once. So that's good because we really are, we love our mysteries and our suspense. So you're a great writer. You, you oh, give us such fabulous. good stories. And, of course, former editor-in-chief of Cosmo magazine. And, of course, when you were there, that was when Julia and I were um, subscribers and getting the magazine in the mail. <laughs> and, and and reading it under the covers at night with a flashlight, right? You know it. Honestly, and reading it, you know, offline. Honestly, yeah, it was when so we fun. started on the air, though, Kate, because it was 2002 when we came on the air, and that was really before the Internet, we mm-hmm. would buy magazines and yeah, and now stories. it's all over. Now, yeah. yeah. It's really, I was in the other day to see my former boss, the CEO of the wonderful company, and we were talking about how it just kind of all ended in the blink of an eye. I mean, they're so right. successful in so many other arenas. It hasn't been a, a huge issue for them. And, of course, there's the Internet and magazines, rep- brands represented there, but, but um Trip magazines are done. Yeah, I well, we I think they should come back because, quite <laughs> frankly, I mean, think of you know on a girls' weekend going through all the quizzes and figuring out if you're this or figuring out you're that and reading. I, I was I in Vegas it. this weekend and I did bring a Vanity Fair, a Bazaar, and a People. And let me tell you, everyone passed those around at the pool. Mm-hmm. It's too hard to read yeah. your phone. <laughs> well, I love those magazines too, and I still subscribe, but I. 
but I read them online. But right. there is the problem that when you're at a pool, you don't want to get your iPad or your computer wet. So yeah. it's nice to have the print copy done and, for sure. Yes, yes, this weekend I had between two, between two strangers in my hands, poolside mm-hmm. at the Bellagio, and just kept reading. It was so, so good. Give people the setup of your latest book, Kate. Oh, uh, thanks so much. It's about a woman in her late 30s who's an artist, a collage artist. Uh, that's what her dream is, but she's she's basically a graphic designer. And life has worked out perfectly for her, and she's carrying a lot of guilt about the disappearance of her younger sister 12 years before. And uh, she gets a call from a lawyer who says, you need to come in and see me. And she gets a little rattled at that because who doesn't get nervous when a lawyer calls? 100%. Yeah. He basically tells her, you've got an inheritance. And she wonders if it could be a scam. But she goes anyway because she wants to figure out what's going on. And she discovers she's been left three and a half million dollars by this man at first she she doesn't recognize the name but it turns out he is a guy she had a one-night stand with over a decade ago and uh she doesn't know why she thinks maybe he kind of you know carried a torch for her or something but when his wife comes after the money she has to do everything in her power to figure out skylar does a protagonist why he left it for her so she can protect that money and then some really kind of strange bad things begin to happen and she she's really on a a quest to figure out the truth and Mm -hmm. this premise is so good Kate, because the idea of well first of all you know that you had a one night stand and that you're that memorable and somebody would leave you money I know. You know? I'm, I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking as you're telling us that we all got a chance yeah right right I, <laughs> yeah I, know, I, I was i love that back in the old days the biggest thing you got out of a one night stand was maybe being called angel of the morning right <laughs> <laughs> but it, i mean um, it's such an intriguing premise was there anything what was your bite lightning bolt that gave you this story idea oh you know that's so interesting you asked that because often i don't remember exactly where something came from it might start always as a little german but it might start from a headline but in this case it happened because when my mom died about seven years ago we discovered that one of her checks for her one of her IRAs as part of her small estate had gone to someone we didn't know, a woman whose name we didn't recognize. And we were, oh, my God, did mom have a daughter we didn't know about? Right. Uh, was there somebody, some secret in her life? And it turned out it was a relative of ours with a married name we'd forgotten about. She'd been married a bunch of times. And we were, we called her, like, what's going on? And she never told us about it and she should have but it turned out it was a bank error oh wow so they sent us a check for that amount and we don't think they clawed it back from her but it got me thinking the kind of what if question that authors often use Mm -hmm. And, and in this case i thought you know what if it had really been somebody that we didn't know and what if i ever got money 
from an estate and I didn't know the person. And, you know, that kind of went on from there until I finally came up with this particular variation on the what if idea. Right. Oh, that's just wild. Now, are you still friendly with this relative that you don't remember the name of? <laughs> the funniest thing she said um, at is that, you know, my mom had some mild Alzheimer's before she died. She was in her late 80s. And so the person said, well, you know, your mom always liked me, and I just thought she was showing me some her love, and that was like a little far-fetched. So when we (laughs) said, well, where did the money go? She said it went to a group of orphanages, which I think we thought, I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, she's good. She was trying to lie uh, tell you a good one. We're, if you're just joining us, the the new book by Kate White is Between Two Strangers, complete page turner. Really is. Um, it's just so fun. Do you just have so much fun writing no- these novels, Kate? I mean, they're so good. Oh, thanks. I, I do love a lot of the process. I was thinking about it because I'm finishing up the book for 2024. Oh and my that gosh. last couple of chapters are, are so hard. And I think for me, I love the beginning. I love doing some of the research. I've got some cool people in forensics and, and stuff that I use. Um, but I, oops, let me turn off my, I had my alarm on so I could make sure I was talking to you ladies oh, sure. uh, at the right time. And I, 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 I like that part. By the time I'm at the end and I've reached eighty-five thousand words, I, I, that's that's a little bit of a you know, yeah. a, like a big stretch for me to get to those last couple chapters. Well, you would never know reading it because you're constantly, as you're storytelling, you're you're outwitting the reader and writing. I like just it's your your books are just so hard to put down once you start reading, and, and they're really good. Well, that's a big part of being a thriller writer today because readers want twists. They say they want twists they don't see coming. And so that's why I plot my books. And and not everybody does, but I find it's easier to lay down clues and some red herrings, you know, false clues, if I know where, in general, where I'm going. Right. And so that, for me, I, I have to kind of plot it out. Kate, I also have one of the things I quite enjoyed about Skyler as an artist because the only thing I ever truly felt I was good as an artist, and I like seventh, eighth, and ninth grade making collages. Oh. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. I thought it was such a fun art assignment, like to tell stories through collage. You never get any protagonists that are you know, doing the collages and as a way of art. And I was like, I just really like that piece of Skylar's life and how, you know, you talked about it. It just made me, I was just like, Uh I once was a collager and I was pretty good at it. I remember having to do a fashion Mm -hmm. collage once and getting like a great grade. And I, I felt so proud of that thing as an art thing. You just collages get underrepresented representation yeah and part of why i did that i've having written so many novels i try to have the protagonist have a career i know something about and but after 17 books it's like wow what do i do now (laughs) and i do i'm a terrible artist but i do collect art and so i thought maybe i could work with that yes and i'm so bad at any kind of drawing or painting but i did a collage 
some collages too when I was younger, and that was the one thing I could do, and it was really enjoyable. Yes, just as you said. Do you remember when you made me do our entry for the Uptown Art Fair? Yes, I yes. had so much fun, but there aren't that many magazines in New York more around. Because remember, you would just yeah, you but you so use much. like Skyler, yes. you know, the record. I mean, yep. there are always these things. Anyway, it's just like another piece, piece. that you bring to the storytelling. You know, that just makes it that more rich. As- oh, thanks. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. And, and I was thinking just what you said, that collage involves magazines. And mm-hmm. she's got to work with other elements now because <laughs> there aren't that many magazines to tear pages out of. You know what, um, Kate, we just have to ask you, just because this broke as we got on the air. Did you or do you know E. Jean Carroll? From, you know, when she was back at L and had her ask E. Jean, because that that news just happened. Well, my husband uh, came running in at one point uh, this afternoon to tell me that that the jury had come in. And I I never crossed paths with her. Uh, We were approached at one point at Cosmo uh, about the idea of her doing something for us, but she was so associated with with L. L. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I certainly admire her for going down a road that's so tough for women to do. Right. You see why women don't come forward yeah. because they're just so maligned mm-hmm. and they're, they're, everything they say is put in doubt. So I, I admire her, her for sticking with this yeah. for sure. I just wondered uh, yeah. if you knew each other from the magazine world and you probably had run-ins with you know Trump just because in the New York scene he was kind of at places. Well, he actually... Uh, called me up one day when I was at Cosmo and I think he was interested in his wife on the cover, oh. but he, he took, he took me out to lunch and at, at Jean George, oh, which yes. is in one of the Trump buildings. And, uh, you know, I, I, I spent a lunch with him and then he took me up and uh, showed me one of his buildings. So that was an interesting experience as, as a lot of um, people have said, uh, he seemed like such a, a really normal person back mm-hmm. then and, and fun. And, and so that was my experience with him a, a, a long time ago. Yeah. That's, that's thank you for sharing yeah, that. Thank okay. You. The book is Between Two State um, Strangers. The author is Kate White. Kate, one last question. We promise we'll let you go. What's the last great book you read or that you're reading? Well, I hate to throw out another mystery. We love that's that. Okay. I, I was just thinking of this. Jane Harper's new book, Exiles, I thought was excellent. It's not a thriller per se. It's more like a police procedural. Yes. But it's, it's, it's done. It's very methodical and you just pull it along and no spoiler alert really here, but the, the, the twist is kind of a sleight of hand that when, once you get there, you're like, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I really enjoyed that as a reader. I love that. Well, thank hey, you. Thank you thank for your you. time today. We'll talk to you in 2024 when your next book is out. Thanks so much, ladies. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank absolutely. You. It's a Between, great book. Between Two Strangers, Kate White. We've got two copies to give away 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Lori and Julia here to talk divorce once again with Ann Tressler from Tressler Law. 
the topic of timing comes up. Is there a right time to get divorced? It's so sad anyway, but does this concern other couples? People do ask me that question. Some people think, I'll wait till the kids are out of school and get their finals and it'll be summer. Or I get the opposite. They say, well, I want to get them back in school and they're in the routine. And so the timing tends to revolve around kids more often than not. And the reality is that for most people, it's simply a personal decision. The only time I say you need to move sooner rather than later is when you're concerned about physical safety of anyone in the family or you're concerned the other side may be depleting money. If timing is something that people are worried about, will you be able to address that in the free one-hour consultation? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, during the consultation, when you're getting more facts about each specific case, that's when you can decide whether or not the timing really is a priority in that particular matter. For your free one-hour divorce consultation, call Trussler Family Law. Find them online at trustlerlaw.com or use my talk keyword divorce. Okay, hey everybody. Grant, I'm sorry we went so overboard with Kate. We could have talked to her all day. She was awesome. Well, she was editor-in-chief at Cosmo for For like 15 years. And and her boss, um, when she was a young woman starting out at um, Cosmo... In like the 80s, the mid-80s. Yes, sent her, and his name was... um, what was his name? He redid uh, GQ magazine and made oh, it happen. Oh, Helen Gurley Brown. No, but he sent her to meet with Helen Gurley Brown. Uh, Who'd been the longtime editor of Cosmo yeah, for a long, he, long time. Years before Art Cooper, the legendary editor who That's repositioned right. GQ successfully, once set, sent Kate White to interview Helen Gurley Brown, telling um, Kate White that he saw her filling Helen's shoes one day. Mm-hmm. So she's got stories. I, yeah, it was so good. In the book, say what you said again, you know, about how she finds out. Okay, so Skylar, this, you know, 35-year-old gal, you know, young woman, and she's, you know, wants to be an artist, collage artist. Something bad happened to her younger sister, Chloe. And it's called Between Two Strangers. And But you find out right away at the beginning of the book that this guy she had a one-night stand with left her $3.5 million. Mm-hmm. A, a a a trust, you know. Um, so there's like the way it's been thought of. You can't blow the money or something. Right, you right, know, right, anyway, right. It's like rich people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a rich people present. Yes. Okay. Yes. And she can't figure out even if she knows the guy, and then it clicks with her that this was this guy she had a one night stand with when she had a friend who worked the front desk at a fancy hotel, and she knew sometimes. That she just, her, Skyler needed to get out of her East Village apartment and go stay in a lovely hotel with great sheets and some room, room service, service and go down to the bar yes. and maybe meet interesting people. Yes. Anyway, and anyway, so after she goes to Scarsdale, takes the train to Scarsdale, and this lawyer says, you know, my client, and she goes, I don't know this guy. And then she notices a picture on the lawyer's desk of, the guy mm-hmm. from 12 years ago, and of course, he's younger, and she realizes that's the guy she met in the hotel bar 12 years ago. Um, Wild. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, how does it all fit together mm-hmm. and everything? And then the wife, you know, like, the widow. I, would be like, why are you getting my money? Basically. Yeah. But then she, as she asks her, anyway, so it's just a real good mystery. Kate's very yep. good. And. Like, it's like 250 pages, yeah, you know? Doable. So, uh, Kate, white books you will often see at the airport, too. Oh, because they're quick thrillers. They're right. quick thrillers. They're good. Right. They make uh, they they make sense. They're not one of these things like... 
The cabinet. Did I, what the hell did I just read? So <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Trash. Trash. I'm, see, I am still stuck in the Golden Doves. Oh, Shame. that book was so good. I know it, but it's 500 and like 600 pages or something. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. So I'm like, oh, I got to get going. I got to get going. Well, well that I was just, super fun. I just want you to know that and, and all eyes are on Taylor Sheridan in oh, Hollywood, yeah. okay? Uh-huh. I, it, because the Directors Guild and the Screen Actor Guild... Their contracts expired June 1st. Oh, okay. So they are negotiating hard, uh, the Writers Guild, to get the Alliance of Motion Picture TV and Producers to come off of this thing called Mini Rooms, which is just a way of screwing the writers, getting them to write something, and then they... It's just screwing the writers of all these different shows. So everyone is looking at Taylor Sheridan because he is the, basically, he is the Yellowstone television universe, which is all Paramount Plus has going for it. Okay? He's the only thing. And they had a very bad week last week. They had what Warren Buffett calls a dividend cut, which money people say is a bad thing. (laughs) And Paramount claimed it's a good thing. But I'm going to go with the billionaire Warren Buffett. And he also said the problem with streaming is it needs less competition or people need to pay higher prices or the whole thing dies. But Taylor Sheridan, he is the draw for Paramount Plus, even though they did a bad thing. They're so stupid, the people at Paramount, and one seasons one through four stream on Peacock. Right. Yeah, they signed the worst deal. So he's a writer hyphen it. He's a writer. He directs. He's the showrunner. He's the sole credited writer for Yellowstone and 1883 and 1923. And it's all these things are supposed to premiere. Paramount will lose nothing but money, but they have given him... They $500 billion Paramount gave him last year. All of the writers strike possible what they want for the guild totals $460 million. These streamer guys, these producers that are trying to think that they can have shows without writers right, right. are they, they have got to just come to their senses but no one knows where taylor sheridan is because he writes from his ranch in texas he doesn't like anything hollywood right he's got the kevin costner problem so they are really you know they're just like you keep giving this guy money no one knows what he's doing but if paramount doesn't air the last half of yellowstone yellowstone that's a lost money and same with 1923 and well, all the other ones and here's what they're saying 1923 was renewed for season yes, 2 yes it was but it's not been filmed mm-hmm. and they're saying um yeah cuz i was thinking so he could bring paramount plus to its knees yes he can and then paramount plus could go to the other ones and just say guys yep. let's look at the math let's look at the compensation we're given the CEOs, these mini rooms are breaking writers and making them be like uh, Instacart or Uber or Lyft drivers. It's piecemealing. It's BS. They've got to stand up for the that. So anyway, no one knows what Taylor's thinking, but they sure want to know. Yeah, he could get the ball rolling for he, sure. He could. He could. All right. That's it.